Um, so hi everyone. I'm really honored to be here with uh, Deborah Pasio, and we have an exciting uh, update. So uh, before we get into introduction, uh, introduction here, I really would just want to thank the African Diaspora Network on just um, having this uh, amazing collaboration that will begin, uh, you know, in the next month. And we're pretty much uh, working together uh, to highlight some of the bidders of Africa's future awardees. Um, and these are 11 amazing entrepreneurs across Africa who are building um, really amazing companies um, and transforming the continent in, in their own right. Um, and I was just lucky to meet them this morning and just hear a little bit about the stories, but they're going to be on the podcast for the next uh, few weeks and we're going to give you guys updates as we go um which is pretty exciting and so uh, but you know i have deborah here um she is uh, you know she helps with the uh, the african diaspora network uh, she's the entrepreneurship and community engagement manager and she's gonna introduce herself a little bit more but as you guys know to all our listeners we know uh the, the premise of this podcast is to share stories of diverse founders and investors building businesses and on the soft markets to create both local and global impact. And I believe this collaboration will really bring to light some of the people that are making a fundamental change uh, on the continent of Africa. And, and that's why I'm really excited that uh, Deborah is here to just give us a highlight about first the African Diaspora Network, the bidders of Africa's future uh, awardees, uh, and how, you know, just how much, how valuable it is to highlight these entrepreneurs. So uh, I'll just go right into it. Deborah, thank you so much for being on the pod. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, please, just uh, if you can give us a bit of background about yourself and we'll get right into it. Fantastic. And thank you, Jacob, for having me join you on Doers Within Us. It's great to be a part of your podcast and to really set the context for the Builders of Africa's Future series. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Deborah Pasio, and I am the Entrepreneurship Programs and Community Engagement Manager at African Diaspora Network, also known as ADN. And um, this is my first year full-time with the organization, but I've been a contractor with ADN since 2016. So really since the first um, flagship event that we hold, the African Diaspora Investment Symposium, I've had the honor of really being a part of the behind the scenes work of really developing the themes, the content for our symposiums, and really seeing the growth of the organization over the past several years. It's been exciting to see the launch of enterprise accelerators like Builders of Africa's Future, and this past year also our Accelerating Black Leadership and Entrepreneurship Program for Black entrepreneurs in the US. So it's been sort of great seeing um, the growth and transformation of ADN as we seek to uh, really support entrepreneurs all over the globe. That's amazing. Thanks for that very um, eloquent presentation uh, of what you guys do. And I, I think that's what got me really excited to be a part of this. And um, just having a sneak peek of what you guys do this morning has been incredible. Uh, so, uh, so I reckon this episode on April 20th. Um, I'm really excited about, you know, just kind of what is going to be next year and, you know, seeing the growth of some of the people that are on the, plat on the platform. But for us to take a step back, I'd love to just hear a little bit about yourself um, um, before, you know, before ADN. Um, can you just please share with us uh, so our listener can just learn about a little bit about you? Um, how did you, like, where did you grow up? Like, what was your, 
what was the beginning? Let's take, let's take us back to the very beginning, if you can share with us. Absolutely. Um, so for myself, I was actually born in the Philippines. I was born in one of the colder, more mountainous regions of the Philippines, Baguio City. And I, I was only there for a few years. You know, I was um, there until I was three years old. And then my mom, my sister and I, we flew to the United States so that I could meet my dad and his family was here. And um, my dad is actually from the Philippines as well, but they were able to you know, immigrate to the US really seeking better opportunities thanks to my uncle who was able to pursue uh, medicine here in the US. So it's been great, I think, um, just having that lens of, you know, being an immigrant in the United States and really understanding that, you know, um, there, there's a lot of opportunity here and it really drives me to wanna see those opportunities for other parts of the globe in the Philippines, on the continent. And so I think a lot of that um, has shaped my view of the world, really looking at things from a very global lens. And um, I guess um, before ADN, um, by, train, uh, by training or by trade, um, I'm actually an educator. I was trained as a classroom teacher. And I think a lot of that is my belief in education and the power of that, because um, growing up, I think I, I would say that I grew up definitely more in like um, a low income family. It was not easy, I think, just sort of, you know, being in Silicon Valley and having the challenges of, you know, witnessing what that income gap can mean. But I'm so grateful I'm having the privilege of, you know, going to a public high school where I learned how to be resourceful, I learned how to be creative, was really grounded in what it meant to meet people from many walks of life. And, and then later on, really seeing a different part of the world, I attended um, a local university, I was very honored to go to Stanford on a full scholarship for both my bachelor's and my master's, but it really taught me um, just meeting people who came from backgrounds that weren't low income, understanding the access to resources that they had and really learning from them, you know, how to navigate um, I would say parts of, you know, professions that I wasn't familiar with at the time. So it was definitely, um, I think a catalyst for me and um, my, my openness, you know, going beyond education and really wanting to explore other um, spheres. That's, that's incredible. And thanks for just sharing uh, just your journey. Um, I think one is like, I really love to, you know, visit the place where you grew up. It sounds very, uh, sounds very fun. The mountainous um, sites. Uh, I think it's good for sightseeing, but I don't do, um, um, I'm not more for like exercise is not my thing. So climbing those mountains and stuff might not be might not be the ideal place. But it sounds like that was a very good like kind of incubation space you were in and um, learning about your your family and just the transition to America and uh, taking advantage of you know the opportunities here is something that is highly commendable and kind of reflects to what you're doing at ADN. So um, thanks so much for sharing that. That's truly inspirational. Thank you. Um, for this journey, um, and as um, I'm probably have talked about this offline, um, I, I presume you had some really um, uh, instrumental figures that help you uh, shape the way you see the world, but also, and also how you um, are, you know, thinking about making an impact within ADN. Can you just please share some mentors that have been around you or people that you look up to that has really guided you to what you're doing right now at ADN. 
Definitely. I would say my earliest mentor, um, I have an older cousin who was actually a journalist, a reporter for the San Jose Mercury News. And, you know, she's also a freelance writer right now. And I think she really drove me um, in my love of storytelling. I think from an early age, I, I really developed this interest and curiosity in learning about people's narratives, which is why I have so much respect for, you know, the podcast and the work that you do, Jacob. And, you know, that, that led me to develop my own writing skills and to cultivate that. And that really opened the door for me when it came to um, meeting one of my mentors. Um, I would say Almas Nagash, she's the founder and executive director of ADN, but she's also one of the first um, um, supervisors I ever had. My first um, internship was actually with her when I was a young university student. I had pursued a community service work study program and Almaz was working at Catholic Charities of Santa Clara County at the time. And I was assigned to support her um, Step Up Silicon Valley initiative. And so as a young professional, I think I really learned um, what it meant to be in a workspace. And um, later on, after um, I graduated from university, she was you know, interested in seeing whether I would like to support ADN, um, specifically contributing my writing skills. So I think, you know, it's been great really learning from her. Um, she's a wonderful visionary. I love how she, you know, like um, is able to really convey the importance of supporting communities um, globally, but also locally. So I'm really grateful to have seen what that can look like um, in a nonprofit space and how she's able to engage sec um, stakeholders from yep. all sorts of sectors in the that's incredible. And I think um, just having someone that has done this really well, I think it reflects to what what you're doing right now and how well you're doing it. And I have to say you're doing an amazing job based on what, I, what I've seen so far. So a shout out to all your mentors and to Amars and just people really making, setting the, setting the, 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 the right example, right? How, how you're, you're doing your amazing work. So, uh, um, incredibly grateful to mentors. I, I personally have had mentors that have shaped what I think about the one. Uh, it's hard not to do without them. Um, so now, um, for us not to get into, I'm sure people are listening to this episode. Um, I'm like, what is what is this ADN? What's African um, diaspora network? So if you don't mind, just giving us uh, um, just a brief background or just what you think um, people need to know about this this amazing organization. Absolutely. So African Diaspora Network, um, or ADN, we are a Silicon Valley-based nonprofit organization that promotes entrepreneurship and also economic development on the African continent and the communities in which the diaspora lives. And so we really seek to bring together Africans, diasporans, and also friends of Africa to really actualize the potential and activate the entrepreneurial spirit of the continent. So we really want to mobilize intellectual, but also financial resources to create a brighter future for Africa as a whole. And so um, we are now, I believe, around 11 years old, going to be 12 years old this coming August as an organization. And um, it's been great, as I mentioned, just seeing the growth of the organization over time. Yeah, which is phenomenal. And um... I mean, just I, I recently just started following the work you guys do, and beyond just what we're going to talk about, the Africa's builder, uh, builders of Africa's future, uh, our days, and just one of the I think many programs that you guys run. Uh, I'm just uh, I've just been blown away by 
the programs you guys run, the accelerator that you guys have, uh, and just many other things that you guys do for for the for the for the continent, but also like the networks that are integral to the success, right? Of how we think of the the um, what Africa should be like, you know, um, you know, building this um, community of really uh, change makers. So um, it's just great work uh, for almost more than a decade of of hard work. So um, just thanks to you and all your colleagues, uh, present, future, and and, and past for the, the great work you guys do. Um, so just getting to the builders, uh, builders of Africa's future uh, awardees or the program, which is the collaboration that we're gonna have. Uh, can you just please tell us how you got started? And I'm fortunate I was able to attend the early session this morning, but if you can, if you don't mind sharing that, that'll be super helpful. Yes, I would say the origin story of Builders of Africa's Future um, does begin with our flagship program, which is the African Diaspora Investment Symposium. And I mentioned that this was really that convening that took place in Silicon Valley in 2016. And it really began as, you know, us wanting to understand, you know, can we bring together Africans, diasporans, and friends of Africa to co-create and collaborate and partner to come up with solutions? And we've seen that this is possible. So from there, we continued the symposium, the symposium annually, and now we're in our seventh year. But in 2018, that's really when the discussion of, you know, we want to bring really grassroots African entrepreneurs at the forefront of this, you know, we're convening all of these people, there are people joining who are investors, how do we really spotlight and highlight the work of these people who are building Africa's future? And in 2018, that's when we held what was originally um, the Builders of Africa's Future Awards. So this program um, didn't start off as an enterprise accelerator. It really began um, as an award ceremony recognizing the builders at the end of the symposium. But over time, we've really been able to enhance the offerings of Builders of Africa's Future. So in following years, we partnered with Santa Clara University's Miller Center for Entrepreneurship to provide a workshop and a pitch training before the, um, the showcase. And eventually we were able to also bring builders to Silicon Valley um, to um, visit companies like eBay and to pitch live. And so there's been some development of this, but of course, you know, with um, the pandemic, we had to pivot and it's been virtual for the most part. Since uh, I believe 2021 last year, we had to hold it virtually, but 2020 was in person. So um, it's transformed, but this year we're very excited to be partnering with the African Management Institute of Kenya, who will be providing a very thorough entrepreneurial training virtually to the entrepreneurs as they prepare for their June pitch day. So it's been a progression, but we're very excited that we've been able to really enhance the offerings of this program to include everything from an enterprise training to mentorship, but always we've had this um, showcase or this pitch session that has been a part of it. That's incredible. And I know, is this, is this the first year you guys are having the sisters, um, I've forgotten the sisters or something. Yes, yeah, so um, we have had sisters awarded in the past. So last year we had one sister participant, but um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Jacob. So we do have um, a partnership with the Conrad and Hilton Foundation. And this actually began as a conversation um, with sisters really attending the symposium in 2020. And we engaged them as speakers because 
Um, we recognize that these Catholic sisters who we met through the Miller Center for Social Entrepreneurship, we recognize that oftentimes their work isn't recognized as entrepreneurship because it's seen as more of a charity model. So we partnered with the Conrad and Hilton Foundation to provide them with a preparatory training so that they have this training on how to transition from a charity model to really more sustainable um, social enterprise development. And this is our first year having three sisters. All three of them completed a preparatory training by the African Management Institute of Kenya. And we're just honored to have three of them be a part of our cohort of 11. That's incredible. I, I just want to highlight that because, I mean, it shows that um, entrepreneurship can come from anywhere. Um, and successful enterprises um, doesn't have to follow this traditional framework of, you know, um, the ideal entrepreneur always think of like a male um, who has had access to certain opportunities. But one thing that is really incredible is like you guys are providing the integrated structure that is necessary for them to be uh, extraordinary in their work and that not that traditional in the sense of how we think of a uh, entrepreneurs in Africa, which I think that's the beauty of what you guys are doing, uh, is highlighting uh, and supporting entrepreneurs that truly can make an impact in Africa that sometimes they've been underserved, right, mm -hmm. or under-resourced. So um, that was something that I felt was was worth mentioning uh, in the work you guys are doing. So just in, in addition to that, so how do you guys... Um, and maybe Jesus, the, the application process, but what do you guys look for in entrepreneurs? Uh, and how have you guys, you know, picked these amazing 11 entrepreneurs uh, who are going to be uh, working, uh, who are going to be part of this program? That's a great question. I would say you're definitely looking at, um, of course, they have to be grassroots African enterprises. Many are early stage, but some are mid stage, and we often have a mix of nonprofit and for profit businesses, but I think the commonality is that they're addressing these key community needs through technology or some kind of a differentiated business model so that it's not necessarily a Western clone. And really, they can come from a variety of sectors, health, education, energy, we've had agriculture, financial inclusion. But I would definitely say that really um, the core component is that we do want the enterprise to have some sort of impact on the well-being of communities. Um, and for them to be catalysts really of development of progress on the continent. And so um, we have some, you know, like um, technical criteria, of course, we do look for organizations that have been established legal entities for at least six months in operation. It really should be a running business, not necessarily just a prototype or a pitch. We do hope for, you know, um, evidence of traction, whether that's usage, revenue, metrics. And so um, in our evaluation process, the informations um, provided by applicants, like website, you know, tangible products, things like that, um, helps us in really determining who the final cohort uh, is. That's, that's, that's amazing. And just um, as a follow-up to that, how does um, having um, a podcast like this, how does that help um, kind of, you know, showcase this? Because I know one thing is um, just observing some of them this morning, I uh, and I'm grateful that this podcast is uh, working on highlighting the stories. But um, specifically, how do you think uh, making sure your stories have been heard and valued um, will make a difference in the work that they do? 
Yes, no, we're so grateful for this podcast opportunity for the entrepreneurs. And I think it aligns with some of our, you know, part of our founding, um, you know, mission of Builders of Africa's Future. As I mentioned, it started out as an awards program to really recognize them. And even to this day, a core component of the program is to really boost the brand visibility and investment potential of these entrepreneurs, particularly in Silicon Valley, but also now that we've gone virtual, um, just, you know, like uh, nationally, globally, et cetera. And so I think this podcast provides a different lens into the work of the entrepreneur. I think when the entrepreneurs share the story of their business, oftentimes it's focused on the pitch deck or it's focused on the metrics, which are indeed important. But I think having this podcast as you know, um, something, uh, I would say having this podcast provides a way for the entrepreneurs to share their story, their narrative, their mission of how they really came to found the organization in a more in-depth way. So I think it provides a nice balance or complement as people get to know their work. I completely agree. And I think I'm just so lucky that this, I was uh, fortunate to meet you guys and do this work uh, to showcase the stories. Uh, more importantly, um, I see a lot that you know for every successful enterprise there are always people that are committed their, to, the, to the cause and also the um there's a lot of downs and you know struggles that you know sometimes it's not um, um it's not really uh, brought to light and it's it's not always the case that you know we have to tell all these you know pitfalls but at the same time is appreciating the journey that they went through and hopefully this is what um, this is what I can showcase by meeting some of these incredible folks so I really want to thank you guys for making this possible I'm really excited to meet all the the um, the builders for Africa's future which is, I think is a great name for what you guys came up with and thank you so much for just having having this work out in a way that we can really uh, you know streamline some of these amazing stories uh, to the wall so um, i'm really excited about this and i think this is going to be uh, just so fun to just get to know these people more in, more in depth so thank you to you and your colleagues for making this happen um so now just go into the 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 kind of the final piece of the of this episode and just something that I really asks the our guests is just to get to know what they have learned and any um um you know inspiration that they can share with our our audience from their work and just the people they have met and one thing as you as someone that you have worked with entrepreneurs or at least have some insights on what it takes to be an entrepreneur do you have any advice um, for people or the, our listeners specifically on on and people that are trying to start something or people that are already starting that have already built something and are trying to grow will you have uh, do you have any tips on them uh, on entrepreneurship that you'd love to share with the listeners that's a good question i know so i myself am not an entrepreneur and i know we've talked about that jacob but um you have like like a more insightful look into it but i think um by the traditional definition i don't know that i can provide advice on you know the more components of business but in terms of the journey i would say that from these accelerator programs some one of the big biggest takeaways that I see among entrepreneurs who were put into these cohort and um, co-learning settings is that a lot of this, um, a lot of the value comes from the network that you build. And 
from the entrepreneurs from our Accelerating Black Leadership and Entrepreneurship. It was beautiful to see the sense of community that was being built, even in a virtual setting. And for the builders, even though many of them come from, you know, Tanzania, you know, Zambia, you know, Morocco, um, Ghana, very different places, Uganda, there are still avenues for them, I hope, to connect and to really build a sense of community with one another. And I feel like that is something that's lasting, where the learning will often take place outside of the traditional quote-unquote classroom setting. Yeah, that's a great advice. I, I see that a lot, like the, the power of, of true genuine connections can go a long way uh, beyond and the uh, structured frameworks of just like meeting for a program beyond that if you can maintain those relationships it can really go a long way so um uh, i second that a hundred percent that's great advice um based on just your exposure to again to entrepreneurship working with these amazing african entrepreneurs or meeting them and profiling them uh through your work as a as a community manager um has there been any uh uh, resources that has helped guide you on how to think about Africa or just about African entrepreneurship or investing in Africa or anything like that that you uh, suggest for people to just check out uh, maybe it's a book or a podcast uh, or um, you know anything that you find it has been resourceful for your work or you know something that you see is a way for us to learn more about just African entrepreneurship in Africa Anything you have in mind? So that's a really good question. And I think in terms of my role, like um, one of the things I'm just very grateful for is that I'm always learning, um, you know, within African Diaspora Network because of the types of ev events that we hold. So, um, you know, a lot of what I learn about the continent really comes from the experts, the people who we invite to speak at our events, whether that's the symposium or our impacted innovation forums. I think um, those are a monthly virtual series where we invite experts to really talk about the trends and occurrences in Africa, whether that's in agriculture, connectivity, healthcare, et cetera. So I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity to really learn firsthand about what's going on in the continent from these experts. And so um, I would encourage listeners you know, to um, hop in and join those virtual sessions because I feel like um, it's given me a greater sense of what's happening in the now more than an article or a book could. Oh, that is, you do know what, and this is the first time I've gotten this answer and it's actually, um, it's a very interesting one. <laughs> it's a very interesting response. Um, and I think uh, just the session this morning really, I think you touched a little bit on that, um, having that like kind of immersing yourself into these live sessions can really transform and by the way i and at the below at the uh, description of this episode i'm going to include african diaspora network you can check out some of the events that they have uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's on the events page or somewhere on the website right people can yes yes you can follow them on that um so um one thing that i would love to also hear from you is a few what has been something has there been any guiding principle or advice that you have gotten that has really shaped your career or just how you think about the work you do um, that if uh, if you don't mind sharing with us uh, you know there's always maybe in most I'll, I'll presume in most of very successful people like you um, there's always some um, st statement that you follow a principle that guides you that maybe came from someone 
or somewhere you read something do you have any of that and do you mind sharing with us any advice or maybe a mantra that you follow through that gives you the the i would say the energy or just the the, the a positive mindset of the work because i know the work you do is really hard um but is there something that really guides you that says no just keep going and keep pushing you know, I think that's that's such a great question. I think in the sense that um, I, I'm a lover of quotes. I absolutely love to memorize, you know, quotes and mantras. So it's funny that I'm, I'm that I'm somewhat blanking right now because usually I have a bunch at the back of my pocket. But one, I think, um, piece of guiding advice that's really helped me at this season in my career. Um, I'd mentioned to you that previously I was a classroom teacher and educator. And, you know, I've pivoted between nonprofit, higher education, um, and secondary education um, during this period of my life. And one thing that's really um, helped to ground me is, you know, really remembering the phrase, you know, I am enough. And I think I say that because I, and I think I say that because I remember it, my teaching role when I was um, leaving, the principal was kind enough to say, you know, word on the street, Deborah, is that you're a perfectionist. And, you know, I told him, yes, definitely, I know I am. And I know that's part of the contributing factor to why I need to take a step back. And I think um, perfectionism, of course, um, is very much um, seen, I think, at the surface is a very positive thing, but I think I've really learned that, you know, there is a point where you have to remind yourself that what you do is enough. Otherwise, you can't move on. You can't grow, right? Or you're always going to be paused wondering if something could be better. And I'm big on improvement, but I've also learned that sometimes you need to accept that there will be, you know, fault, accept that there will be gaps in order to sort of move through life. And that's really helped me. I think um, I'm seeing every day more as a learning journey rather than seeing every day as, oh, I hope the day went great. You know, I hope the day went perfect. And I think that's really helped me to have um, more peace and I think more happiness in my everyday and to realize that when I think I am enough, it extends beyond my job. Um, and it extends to just thinking about myself and my family and, you know, my friends and loved ones. And um, I feel a lot like more like um, what I do in life isn't defining, but that it's just a part of how I contribute to this world. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. That's, that's, on, that is, uh, I need, I need, I need advice from, from you. That was a great, great, great response. You know, that's actually, that's advice for me as well. And I think many people that listen out there, uh, in, in the world we live in and everything looks like um, we have to get things done right away. We have to be our best selves every day uh, to other entrepreneurs out there, you know, um, you know, trying to make sure your customers get the best product or services. And, you know, you want to make sure your team is in its entire to hire the best people. All of that comes with a lot of pressure to just be really good. Um, um, in some cases, I, I presume, and this is just a, I might be completely wrong, but most of the entrepreneurs I meet are perfectionist-ish. You know, they want the product to really reflect, you know, what they had in mind and matches what the engineers are talking about or what the investors are requiring from them. And I, I, what you just said, I think is crucial in, in just growing as an entrepreneur or anybody uh, in respect to your career, but also what you're trying to build in the world because... It's all about the process, right? It's not the end product. So 
Um, I really love that answer. I think I have to um, uh, put that as a as a. I have to tag that somewhere, um, you know, for for all the people that are listening, but also for our the builders of Africa's features that go through this program. So, thank you so much. That was that was a really uh, amazing answer. Um, so just to add on that, so, and you know, you have alluded to that based on the, the, the answer you just gave, but can you just, in terms of those, how do you see yourself through the lens of um, the work you do, but beyond that, I know you're from the Philippines, your last name means peace. There's a lot of components that you, <laughs> that you have. Um, at this point in time, what do you think, like you want people to think about your work uh, or about you as you do your work? Um, dancing convenient but also how people see the work you do uh from a big picture right how do you simply put what how do you want your um uh, your work to be remembered um um uh, you know either through adn or just in general um what, what is something that you want people to see especially young women who are you know um coming from uh, markets like uh the philippines or africa that are trying to make a difference in the world how do you want your life to be reflective in your stories? Um, if it's something that you'd love to share on that. That's a great question. I think I think of two components. And I think the first one that comes to mind is, you know, in doing this work with African Diaspora Network, um, you know, I'm centered by, you know, the humility of, you know, recognizing that I'm not African and I'm not an African diasporan, but um, I recognize and feel a camaraderie being a part of the Philippine diaspora mm -hmm. and really understanding the challenges, the weights, the feeling of wanting to uplift your homeland when you are afar, you know, in, 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 in a nation that often provides um, more access to opportunity. So I'm always humbled by that. And I guess, in that humility, I realize that my legacy is um, really just to do what I can each day. I think I always think that um, I think of a story. I feel like that's the best way that I can uh, encapsulate it. I remember when I was in university, um, my resident assistant um, very nicely gave all of us just kind of um, a quote, a little card with a quote and a story in it. And um, the story was about this young boy on a beach and he was throwing, um, I believe, um stars the sort of sea stars the shellfish back into the water and you know an old man comes by and says why are you doing that you know because he sees that these 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 stars are drying up on the beach and you know this boy is trying to throw as many as he can in and the old man says you can't possibly help all of them and then you know the young boy picks up another star and he throws it into the ocean and he said well it helped that one mm -hmm. and i think i'm humbled by the realization that you know, the continent is big, the African continent is big, the Philippines has a giant population, and there's no way that you can touch the lives of everyone, but um, in the work that we do to touch the life of just one person, it does make a difference, and so I think that's what I want my legacy to be. It doesn't have to be big, but I want to, as cheesy as it sounds, I want to leave the world knowing that I left it better than when I entered, and I feel like I do that in the ways that I can. Definitely. And uh, I mean, newsflash, you're already doing the, the work that um, presumably can have a significant impact 
and a lot of people. And I think as in an interconnected world is to your story, even helping an African entrepreneur can go a long way to even go back and help people in the Philippines. It's so interconnected and there's a lot of partnerships and collaboration that is going on right now. Um, and I really love the fact that you really, um, you said, you know, if helping one person can really have a ripple effect, right? And it's a long-term impact on that. Um, um, I'm just so excited uh, for uh, the, the podcast series with the amazing bidders for, for African Future Awardees. Um, um, I'm not just saying this out of abstract. I just had a snippet of some of them this morning and I heard some of the companies and just how, you know, the just how proud they are just from their facial expressions on Zoom and what they are building. So this is, I think it's going to be a really amazing journey uh, to learn about them and and you being at the head to kind of help guide them and through this program i'm confident that they'll have a really productive time hopefully connect beyond that and fulfill your legacy which i know you're a very humble person it doesn't actually mean it's about you but you know it's at the end of the day it's about you know the work that they're doing in the community so thank you so much for being uh the first guest on this series i'm excited about the work that you're doing and the work that I can, the role that I can play, the smaller I can play in making sure your work is um, impactful and has a ripple effect across Africa and the world. So thank you so much for being here and for your time. And thank you, Jacob. You know, as I mentioned, it's such an honor to be able to set the context for the podcast series. And I know that the entrepreneurs, they have so much to unearth about their journeys as well. And we're excited that you'll have an opportunity to interview them as part of doers within us yes thank you so much and i'm looking forward to meeting them and and to all our listeners deborah pasio uh, she um does incredible amount of work at tdn which stands for african diaspora network she you know uh, played a pivotal role in getting the builders for uh, builders of africa's futures uh awardees into this uh, into the program that she's uh, uh kind of playing a significant role in and, and just want to thank her for being here. So um, excited about this series and I'm looking forward to get on this journey with you guys to our listeners for the 11 other, for this 11 Builders of Africa Future Awardees. So thank you for being here and thanks again, Deborah. Thank you, Jacob. Bye.